This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Lucy Walken. It's Thursday, the 4th of August. In your Sport Today, Eddie Betts opens up. Oscar Piastri's F1 move stalls, baseball loses an icon, and Emma Raducanu's magical admission. This is your Sport Today. In January 2018, the Adelaide Crows squad flew to the Gold Coast for a secretive pre-season camp. Now in that camp, players were verbally and mentally tormented with the aim of building resilience after the 2017 grand final loss. We haven't known the full details on what went on in that camp, but AFL legend Eddie Betts has revealed all in his new book and loose. He says it's where he lost his passion for the game. So in his book, The Boy from Boomerang Crescent, Betts explains how an outside group ran the preseason camp like a cult. Players were blindfolded, ordered not to shower, and they had to perform tasks as teammates and instructors berated them. Betts said there were all sorts of weird stuff going on, stuff that was offensive to his Indigenous culture. But he says what hurt the most was the misuse of personal information he'd shared about his life in confidence that was being yelled at him so everyone could hear. He says he lost his drive for the game and never had the same energy after the camp. Yeah, Betts says all of this was because of one loss, the grand final defeat to Richmond, and the Crows wanted to make the club more resilient. But Betts says the club was just that after their coach, Phil Walsh, was murdered in 2015. Yeah, Bet says the club was already galvanised and mentally tough and didn't need outside people coming into the club to make them resilient. Yesterday, Crows CEO Tim Silvers, who wasn't at the club when the camp took place, apologised to Betts and those who had suffered a negative experience. The AFL issued a statement saying it acknowledged the hurt felt by Betts and his community from the camp and the Players Association says a lot of the information in the book is new to it. Betts doesn't agree. He says he told the AFL and Players Association everything after it happened. Despite the pain of reliving it again, Betts says he still loves the Crows and hopes his kids play there one day. Betts played two more seasons with the Crows after that camp before returning to Carlton to finish his career last year. The Players Association says it will go back and speak to players from the camp to get a better understanding of what exactly happened. So the Commonwealth Games now, one of the big stories overnight is not from the Aussie camp, but Sri Lanka's. Two team members have disappeared and the Sri Lankan team has taken steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, team officials have reportedly ordered team members and staff to hand over their passports to avoid further issues. This is all because a female judo athlete and team manager have not been spotted since competition on Monday. Sri Lanka is in the middle of its worst economic crisis, so there are concerns from the Sri Lankan team. That is why the missing team members don't want to return home. Birmingham police are on the case, but we've seen this situation before at past Commonwealth Games, like at the Gold Coast four years ago when a third of the Cameroon team went missing. This is a complex story, so stay tuned for more on this one. The Com Games continue until Sunday. The swimming wrapped up this morning, and now we're getting into the bulk of the athletics. Remember, you can stream it all for free on 7 Plus. 
If you listened to yesterday's show, you'll remember us talking about how Formula One team Alpine is promoting Aussie young gun Oscar Piastri to the starting team next year. Well, it seems nobody told Piastri he said he won't be driving for Alpine next year. This is a weird one. So recapping real quick, Alpine promoted Piastri because their veteran driver, Fernando Alonso, signed a multi-year deal with Aston Martin as a replacement for Sebastian Vettel, who is retiring at the end of the year. Hours after Alpine sent out a statement that Piastri would partner Esteban Ocon in 2023, Piastri tweeted he has not signed a contract and will not be driving for Alpine next year. Then it was back to Alpine who said their statement was legally correct. So we don't know what's going to happen, but it's been reported that Piastri has met with McLaren and the strong rumour is Piastri might replace fellow Aussie Daniel Ricciardo, who hasn't met McLaren's expectations expectations since joining last year. It is all over the shop loose, but it hasn't stopped Piastri's peers making a bit of fun of the situation. Alex Albon confirmed he will drive with Williams next year on Twitter with the same words Piastri used in his tweet, but instead of saying his team was wrong, he says they're right. Pretty cheap stuff <laughs> from Alex. Former rugby league player turned pro boxer Paul Gallen will reportedly end his boxing career with two more fights this year. The thing is, they're going to be on the same night. What's the deal here, Luce? Well, this is two fights for the price of one, so <laughs> it's a good deal. Reports say Gallen will end his pro career on a huge fight night in September in Queensland, where he'll likely fight former league stars like Justin Hodges, Sam Thiday, and Ben Hannant. Fighting twice in a night has happened before, but it is rare. You certainly wouldn't see the big names do it, but Gallen said in June that getting to bash two Queenslanders in the one night would be fun. As a former New South Wales blues skipper, it's fair to assume the crowd would be against him <laughs> if it does go ahead in Queensland. Yeah, I can imagine the crowd just giving it to Gallon on that night, maybe <laughs> twice in the same night. So nothing official yet, but keep an ear out if something does come through. Today's trivia question brought to you by the League Live app. Download that for all your rugby league scores, news and stats. Uh, which year did Gallon captain the Sharks to the NRL Premiership? Uh, Luce, give us a clue on this one. The clue is that the Summer Olympics were on that year. Good clue, Luce. Uh, all right, find out the answer at the end of the show. If you're an American sports fan, your social media channels have probably been filled with tributes to former LA Dodgers baseball announcer Vin Scully in the past 24 hours. Scully died yesterday at age 94, and he's considered one of the greatest voices in all of American sports. If anyone has been to a Dodgers game in the past seven decades or so, they would likely have heard Scully's iconic voice over the grounds PA system. He did it all as a baseball broadcaster in a career that lasted 67 years years. He called so many iconic moments at Dodger Stadium, but one of his signatures was not speaking. He let the noise of the crowd tell the story just as much as what he said. He achieved pretty much every award possible, but in 2016, the same year he retired, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by then President Barack Obama. Yeah, accolades don't get much higher than that. Uh, he started each broadcast with, hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be. I've put a link to a great read on his life and career in the show notes if you want to know a bit more about him. 
This is a question every Harry Potter fan knows the answer to. Which house at Hogwarts would you be in? Uh, it's a question British tennis star Emma Raducanu was asked in Washington. And her answer, Luce, is one they probably wouldn't expect. Well, I'm finding out that the three of us have a lot in common, you, me, and <laughs> oh, really? Emma Raducanu. And Raducanu says she'd be in Slytherin for sure. Harry Potter fans will know Slytherin is the house of the big bad guy, Lord Voldemort, but that doesn't worry Raducanu. She says she knows Slytherin doesn't have a great rep, but thinks they're brutal and mysterious, and she likes that. She said she didn't play like a wizard in her first round win, but if she wins in the second round at Washington, she could play Australia's Isla Tomlianovich in the quarterfinals. So you're a Slytherin as well, Luce? I am a Slytherin as well. I knew it. I didn't want to say anything, but I knew it. Um, so we should probably welcome Emma to the club. Welcome to Slytherin, Emma. Uh, she keeps playing at the Washington Open, and you can watch that one on Foxtel and KO. All right, we have reached the end of the show, but before we go, we've got some news. Sport Today is going to take a break over the next few weekdays. We're going to recharge the batteries and be back on deck next Wednesday, August the 10th. So no podcast and no newsletter until August the 10th. Uh, Loose, that should give you plenty of time to recover from that footy training injury. What happened yesterday? You weren't here. If you're squirmish, maybe turn down the volume of the podcast, but <laughs> I dislocated my pinky finger, spent a few hours in the hospital, but all set to go for when my team plays finals next week. You took the mark though. That's the important thing. Yeah, I took the mark. That's what matters. Okay, so Luce is going to put a pinky on ice. I'm going to take a few days to recharge the batteries. We'll be back on August 10. But before we go, the answer to today's trivia question brought to you by the League Live app. Uh, in which year did Paul Gallon captain the Sharks to their premiership win? Luce, you said it was an Olympics year. Which year was it? It was in 2016. Yeah, 2016, they beat the Melbourne Storm. Our old friend Martin Gabor would hate us talking about that <laughs> defeat, but we are. Sorry, Gabs. Uh, all right, that is us done for today and this week on Sport Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, we'll be back on August the 10th. Have a great weekend in the next five days. And we'll catch you then. 